Hello, everybody. I want to welcome you to this special edition of Bible News Radio. Yeah, it is. Every edition is special, just so you know. Uh, anyway, this one, though, is really special because I have Carl Tykrip with me. And if you don't know who he is, you're going to get to know this guy. Uh, and I want you to. I want you to know who he is. If you're a new listener, you'd better listen to this episode. And I want to let you know that there is a bonus content video in our new mobile mobile app, our Heart Tug International mobile app, which if you have not yet downloaded, it's free. Go over to your Play Store, your iOS store, download it. You'll be able to see what Carl looks like. He's tall. He's really tall. I don't even know how, I forgot how tall he is, but he's a Nephilim type. That's what some people have said. Anyway, um, that's a joke. If you, if you don't, if you don't know who Carl is, you don't understand why that's funny. But anyway, he is, uh, um, he used to found Forcing Change, uh, this thing, and he has this book called Game of Gods, which is really big. Uh, he says you can use it as a doorstop, but I wouldn't, I would actually just read it. Uh, and all that. But here's the other thing. He is in Canada. And, you know, I have one friend in Canada who plays pickleball. I call her Canada, but I don't call Carl Canada. I call him sweet and lovable. <laughs> so he's a good guy. And I'm glad that you're here. Hey, welcome back to the show. Glad you're here from the post-pandemic COVID con world. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Hey, like, what do we call that? <laughs> I call okay. it the COVID con. Yeah, yeah, chaos. Chaos. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. So, it's so, you know, people, they have to go listen to the behind the scenes interview first to get some of the previous stuff. So I don't want you to say all that stuff again, but just if for new people, if they're just hearing you for the first time, tell us a little bit about your background again. And, and then we're going to talk about your experience actually with COVID in Canada. Yeah, for sure. Uh, I, I'm a writer and researcher on worldview issues. And so I've published a great big book called Game of Gods, The Temple of Man and the Age of Reenchantment. It's a massive survey of the history of, of change in Western civilization, going from modernity to postmodernity, from postmodernity to reenchantment. And along the way, I take you with me on this journey going to events. Uh, world government events, because there's a political side to this. And uh, as you know, Stacey, I've been to a lot of different global governance and world government uh, type events. Uh, I take you to interfaith events, the Parliament of World Religions. I take you to into, into the transhumanist world. I was one of the first Christian researchers or one of the early Christian researchers dealing on transhumanism in a, a very direct way. And then into the realm of uh, transformational culture, events like Burning Man and uh, uh, visionary art, things of that nature. And we tackle it from a, a Christian point of view, looking at it uh, as a both a challenge and as an opportunity for Christians. And so oftentimes we, we look at these kinds of subjects through a lens of fear, uh, stop, stop that. Uh, this is a time of opportunity, a time to yeah. actually start. Yeah, a time to develop responses, not, not uh, um, reaction, not reaction. Yeah, exactly. Thank you, Stacey. So that's, that's, <laughs> yeah. my tongue's twisted. <laughs> that's okay. okay. All right. I get it. <laughs> yeah, totally. But so that's what I do. I've been doing this now since early 1990s and full-time since 97 and just trying to 
stay ahead of the curve. And, and that's really difficult because there's a thousand things happening all at once, all the time. And I can't keep up with it, not even close. So you end up focusing on what is fundamental, what is core, what is essential. And uh, really, you see what's happening in the world around you as an alternative salvation message. Follow the science, quote unquote, uh, follow, follow the mandates, follow the edict, follow the politics, become part of the community, that type of thing. It's all about how we are now going to operate together. We are united. It, 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 it it is a religion. It has its own priesthood. It has its own uh, uh, holy holy writings. It could be anything from uh, Earth in the Balance by Al Gore to the IPPC, you know, climate change uh, documents, uh, the United Nations documents. It has its own holy writing. Uh, it, it has its own eschatology. It has its own salvation message. Yeah, and you, you know, that is what's amazing to me about you is is that you understand the biblical you know the orthodox biblical message very well but you go into these these other places like burning man and you know you go to witchcraft events and other stuff like that where where people with these differing views you know and they think they're so right about everything but they're they're there they're worshiping whatever the heck they're not worshiping christ Right. Um, and, and you do this without without much fear and trembling, right? I mean, you you definitely you're a guy, so I, I guess you know women aren't like men. <laughs> Wait, are we? I don't know. <laughs> what? There's I don't know. Did I just say men and women? Well, as a woman, right? <laughs> oh gosh, you know. Um, yeah. No. Anyway, but you know what I'm saying, right? It's it's it. it I, I was sharing this morning in. Um, my heart tug moment that in Psalm 119 in the best stanza, we often quote, how can a young man keep his way pure by keeping according to your word? And then thy word, I have treasure in my heart that I might not sin against you. Blessed be the name of the Lord. But we forget verse 10, which says, um, verse nine says, um, I memorized this. So I have to say it all. Otherwise, I can't say. verse nine is how can a young man keep his way pure by keeping according to your word with all my heart? I have sought you. Do not let me wander from your commandments. We take that part out. You know, we take out the seeking God part and then we misuse these two other verses out of context because people don't seek God. But you have done that. And you look at the gospel in contrast to this world religion these world religions where people are making gods in their own image like even like with uh you know transhumanism and stuff i mean some how okay how does that let's talk about the transhumanism thing how does that play into what happened with covid oh golly it? uh it, it does to a point uh you know there's lots of speculation out there there's lots of, of of conspiracy theory, I don't go down those roads. I, I try to, if I can't prove it, demonstrating hard documentation. I really try to stay away from from conversations that can't be can't be proven. Okay. Um, so there's a, a lot of a lot of suggestions out there that COVID, the vaccine, is going to change your DNA to the point where you're no longer human. You know, there's a lot of those kinds of conversations. What I did see, though, in terms of, of 
the the ascendancy of the medical community to say that we are we're the ones who should be able to dictate more or less how you live right mm -hmm. and that's exactly what happened for two years and it wasn't because of science it was because of of bureaucrat bureaucrats politicians and policies and and, and transhumanism is is i mean the concept behind it is we're going to hold, grab a hold of evolution. We're going to take evolution in our own hands through our science and through our technology, and we're going to create a, a new man. We're going to create a, 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 new, a new, even a new species. We're going to become post-human eventually. Right. That is the argument. And, and so if there was anything I was seeing in terms of, of that idea, it was the now this incredible thrust that said trust the science trust the science trust the science even though we we now know in hindsight and we already knew at that time too that the right. science itself was all politicized right. it, it wasn't it wasn't science it was politics uh, the other side to this too is because of covid the idea of digitization ended up just advancing rapidly and if there is one component to the to the transhumanist argument is that we will end up more on the virtual play, you know, more on virtual platforms, we're going to become more digitized, everything is going to become more integrated. And that idea certainly came through in a significant way. And it's 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 really a, a, an area of concern, especially I mean, as a Canadian, I watched what happened with with uh, the trucker convoy, I had friends who were involved with it. Yeah, I saw that. Uh, yeah, I know people who had their bank accounts and their auto insurance canceled, their 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 corporate insurance all of a sudden now be, you know all of a sudden was in jeopardy. Uh, in a in a hyper digitized world, how easy it is just to hit the button and say you're canceled. Yeah. And so I mean that's not necessarily transhuman per se, but it goes to this idea of of all right where are the physical let's call them analog safeguards the human safeguards yes and and how do we maintain those safeguards in an age when we are becoming digital uh when our personalities are no longer ours but are nothing more than a representation of something online like how do we begin to safeguard and then to build up what it means to be human again my goodness we, we just watched an, a, an incredibly uh dehumanizing two years unfold uh, and especially for those of us who didn't take the juice right. uh, the, the pressure was there uh, and and to watch just how the anger and the animosity built towards those of us who weren't going to participate like well, in my in my country canada i mean yeah quebec was going to tax the unvaccinated uh discussions even should you get health care for even non-COVID issues, you know, then, and we saw that around the world. All of a sudden, we had a two-class system. And that is, ironically, one of the arguments uh, that you find within the transhumanist community. Are we, as transhumanists, I'm going to put myself in their shoes because I've gone to their events. I know the personalities. Are we going to, and this is actually a concern of theirs, are we going to be creating a, a two-class system? those who ha have upgraded or integrated themselves further and those who just have chosen not to participate. Yeah, I, I can tell you, I mean, I know, I know that you had COVID and I want to hear how your experience was. I will tell you my dad during COVID, he was in assisted living literally less than a mile from where I live. And it was like, he was in some concentration camp or something for me. I will yep. tell you, 
I, I will tell you one thing that happened that I didn't, I probably talked a lot about on, on my show at the time, but, but I, I went to go visit. I, after this happened, they were telling us care caregivers that if we want to go visit our loved ones, we either had to get tested, get vaxxed, or if we could abide by their rules that we would have to wear a mask and they could talk to us through the window. They would have to be masked. There'd be, be plastic between us and, and just this other stuff. Well, the assisted living wasn't telling me anything. So I called Legal Shield up and I said, can you write the, a letter to the director of my assisted living facility and tell them that they need to give me info? And because I actually literally went up there one afternoon and I was going to give my dad just something. It was just an excuse to get something. And they wouldn't let me in. They were they were literally not letting me in. And and this is a facility I was paying over four grand a month to keep my dad in for four thousand dollars plus. And that's cheap, you know, um, and they're and the, the nurse is like, no, you can't come in. Well, OK, Legal Shield comes in. They write a letter and well, lo and behold, miraculously, within two days, there's a letter that goes out to all the, the caregivers on email. Uh, we're going to update you daily now on what the hell's going on in here. Um, and anyway, it was a nightmare. And I, I believe my dad got COVID and he, they gave him a shot I re, that I told them that they couldn't give him. Um, and I was told by the attorneys that because the world was under a worldwide pandemic alert, that they had a right and I had no rights. So ugh, I get it. So I know it wasn't as bad as Canada. What happened with you when, when you actually had it? And, and here you are, you're like refusing the juice, as you're saying. I like that term, actually. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm sure it was yeah. pretty bad what happened. Well, you know, it, it, it was more interesting. I mean, it was bad in many respects. What was happening across you know all of all of our communities, our, our society was bad. Um, I, 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 if if you had a, an elderly loved one in a, a care facility, good luck. You weren't going to see them, or you were going to see them through a, a video screen, or yeah. in the in a, in a couple of cases I know personally where I had very dear friends who had to be behind glass watching a, a parent die. They weren't allowed in the room. That kind of thing unbelievable i mean just absolutely degrading for myself my COVID experience was it was interesting in a, in a different kind of way um I, I was helping my dad who had also he was my dad's in his 80s he had COVID, and uh, i was living at his house for that week and my wife leanne was helping out and i was staying there um i slept in his room and tried to keep him going and he was really good in terms of, of his oxygen levels were fantastic, but it really made, uh, it created a lot of head, head fog. And, and so somebody had to be there and just work with him. And that's fine. But I got it along the way. And that was just how it was going to be. We knew that. Um, I have some, some preconditions. I have, don't have the best lungs in the world because of, of stuff that happened on the farm growing up. And, uh, and so I knew that if I was going to have problems, it, would, it was going to settle in my lungs. And absolutely, that's exactly what happened. And all of a sudden, you know, things are getting worse and worse. And I'm finding that my oxygen levels are going down, 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 down. 
to the point where when I did finally come back home from my dad's place and, and Leanne and I, for the next couple of days, just wrestled to try to get, get me comfortable and hopefully, you know, maybe bring about some healing. And uh, I was, I was taking ivermectin. It turns out to be, I was taking a way lower dose than I should have, because I didn't know the dosage. I was trying to find what was proper for what the product, the type of product I had. And of course, doing the vitamins, doing all of that, but my lungs are still compromised anyway. So I ended up getting COVID pneumonia and uh, ended up going to the hospital and actually went back and forth to the hospital a couple of times. There was no sleep for a couple of days, literally no sleep because I couldn't breathe and I was sitting up trying to breathe because that's what you kind of do, right? right? Turn out that if you have bad COVID pneumonia and your oxygen level has dropped as far as mine, you shouldn't be sitting up. You should actually be laying on your stomach. And I didn't know this until I'm hospitalized. And so the doctor, when I, when I go to the hospital and here in rural Manitoba, you have to go through a couple of different hospitals. You have to go through your local hospital and then get transferred over to a bigger hospital in a bigger city. And so the first doctor I dealt with, he asked if I was vaccinated and if he knew the answer already, uh, but, but he said no. And then I, I conceded before the conversation went any further, I conceded, does the vaccine potentially help those who you know have symptoms uh, for the short term? Sure, they probably do. I'm not going to argue that. But we don't know what the long-term implications are. We really don't. And he said, yeah, you're right. We don't know. He also said, we don't know what the long-term implications of COVID is. I'm like, good point. Now, in retrospect, I realize that, hey, we don't know the long-term effects of both. And for those who've had both, because most people who've had the shot now have also had COVID. Right. Right. So now, yeah, now you, yeah you're doubly damned then. Thank you. Uh, it sucks. And, and so um, he conceded that we don't know. And he asked if I was taking ivermectin or vitamins. And I said, yeah, I'm doing both. And we talked about that. And he acknowledged that there may be some benefits. There may not be, but he says, it's not going to hurt you. And, and he said, hey, we have pharmaceutical companies trying to mirror uh, the benefit effects of ivermectin. He didn't deny any of that. In fact, it was really interesting because I was expecting like, you know, the hard shoe to come down, the boot to stomp. Didn't happen. And, and instead he's, he's not necessarily on the same page, but he's now willing to see it from my perspective. And then even to, to bring this new, kind of some of this new information into play. And, and, and as we were talking, he said, he said one thing he did know for sure that you do not defeat a virus by, by destroying civilization, by, right. by shutting down whole households, communities, businesses, churches. You don't, you don't succeed in, in defeating a, a virus by destroying lives i mean that's kind of the the whole point of the medical community is to save lives not destroy them in the process of so-called saving them just it was crazy but and he and he it was very clear that his tool chest and he told me he says i'm not going to be able to give you and when you go to the big hospital you're not going to be getting any therapeutics nothing it's not that it's not that i wouldn't give you therapeutics it's i can't Right. Because by policy, by policy, his tool chest was kept shut. That was remarkable. It was telling. It was angering because you realize very quickly that the COVID experiences, unless you fit this one size all solution, this government approved, pardon me, bureaucratic approved one size fits all scenario, you're doomed. Yeah. You're, you're just doomed. 
either comply or die. That was kind of the, the, the sentiment. So off I went to the big hospital and, uh, and, and yeah, I hadn't slept for a couple of days and my blood oxygen level was 61. And I think 60 is like, yeah, that's the bad zone. And so when I got to the hospital, the big hospital, um, doctor there told me I probably wasn't going to get out. And uh, if I, if I did, it would, wouldn't be for a long time and that I shouldn't have any hope. Um, okay. Well, thank you very much. <laughs> you know, nice. That's nice. Uh, fantastic. And, and they really didn't do much for you. Uh, they basically gave you oxygens, low dose, low do, uh, dose steroids, and uh, you know, a few other things to kind of keep you going. Um, and I had a nurse who just said to me, not the doctors, it was a nurse who said, you know, because you've got COVID pneumonia and COVID pneumonia affects the sides of your lungs. If you want to survive this, lay on your stomach. And I hadn't had a single doctor ever tell me this. I didn't have, I listened to oodles and oodles of press releases from our provincial health authorities. Nobody ever said this, that if you're in the, in the situation that I'm in, where it's already affected your lungs that badly that you cannot breathe, that if you lay on your stomach, it will force your rib cage to open up just enough that you all of a sudden can go, <gasps> there's a breath of air. And so she's like, hey, if you're awake, you lay on your stomach. If you sleep, sleep on your stomach. Whatever you do, stay on your stomach. And, and you probably can get through this. It was a nurse. And, and so that's what, that's what I did. And I mean, I was thankful for the oxygen because I needed to breathe. And, and um, yeah, a few, uh, yeah, some of the really interesting points that come with it is, is people prayed. Okay. I had a lot of people praying because in that I wasn't in a good situation. I didn't have to get on a ventilator. Thank goodness for that. Yeah. Um, the other thing too is, is mentally, while you need your body to rest, you cannot mentally rest. Right. Do not at that point go, oh, I can now relax. I'm in good hands. Don't do that. Allow your body to rest. There's a difference. You can allow your body to rest while you still stay sharp mentally, while you still fight to stay independent in your regarding your mental capacity and be stubborn about that. And that's going to help a lot. And so I was very stubborn about, in fact, I made it a goal not to ask the nurses to help me once. Everything that I needed help with, I figured out how to do myself. Even if it took 20 minutes, it didn't matter. Um, and then your prayer life changes. You no longer are praying, hey, Lord, help me, save me. You know, others are doing that for you. Um, rather, you know how temporary you are. And instead, you begin to give thanks and acknowledge his character, his goodness. And that's yeah. what you do. You know, three days later, three days later, the doctor comes in and she goes, I cannot believe this, but I'm kicking you out. Awesome. Awesome. Hmm. So... Yeah, was, it was really interesting. It was an interesting experience. I'm not glad I went through it. And yet at the same time, I am <clears throat> glad I went through it. Because, I, you know, I saw a part of, of what was happening from a different perspective. And it actually reinforced what I knew to be true. And it reinforced the BS I also knew that was out there. And, and just, you know, and, and seeing both the goodness of people and, and just the incredible blinders that our bats forced us to wear. 
Yeah, can, can you, you say go? that? Yeah, you're, you're cutting out just a little bit. Can you say that last part again? Yeah, sure. Uh, I tried to remember what I just said. Sorry, my <laughs> internet's not the best here. <laughs> oh, it's okay. It's okay. You, you know, it, it, it allowed me to see what was good in people. Mm-hmm. Um, and it allowed me to see the blinders that our bureaucrats put on all of us or, oh, for, yeah. try to for, or to try to force on us. Right. Force change, right? Right. Bingo. It, you know, it's, it, it is interesting. And this isn't what I expected you to tell me, by the way. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm really glad. I mean, you're here. Obviously, praise God, you're here. He, he's not done with you yet. Um, so I, I do think that's, that's very interesting because, you know, Ivor Mecton um, is here in the States. It was oh, this is just for horses and blah, blah. And it's just for animals. You can't take it, blah, blah, blah. Well, I met people in networking groups who had traveled overseas. They bought a ton of it overseas because they banned it here in America. I have a friend who is the Life Flight paramedical nurse. She contacted me. She said, I know a place you can get ivermectin. I can get it for you or you can, you know, whatever. And, and she put me in contact with an app from India and I have a whole bunch of it here at my house. I, I haven't had to have it, but a couple of my friends have. Mm-hmm. And yep. so I was like, hey, I got some, you know. Yep. And I mean, there, there's there's all these different stories that that we have. And the nurses getting to the nurse, that's a that's amazing thing. I, I personally would trust nurses more than doctors. Um, I have a friend in my church, actually, who was treating COVID on the front lines for six or seven months before she actually got it. When she got it, it was pretty bad, um, but she refused to get the juice too. And mm-hmm. telling everybody else, she actually gave up her job at one point because they they said, no, you have to do it. She's like, nope, I ain't doing it. I'm gonna, I'm gonna train for a new career. And she did, but now she's back working, but she didn't take the shot. So um, yeah. It is interesting. And, and I, I kind of see, you know, there's so many parallels to the spiritual thing here. You know, what would you tell people um, as far as, you know, your spiritual, their spiritual walk with the Lord, right? I mean, I have to tell you, I, you, you teared me up here, you know, telling your story. Of course, I cried everything, but, you know, it just, uh, a lot of our friends have died. Mm-hmm. Yes. You know? Likewise. So, there, there's, you know, but and I'm talking in the prophecy community too. There's been yep. some people you, you, they're like, well, you're still here. <laughs> <laughs> but, but a lot of people in our age group, I mean, we're the same age. It's, yes. you know, have died. And it, it's like, what would you tell people how to nur- nurture their walk with the Lord? Because ultimately when it all comes down to it, that's what ultimately this is all about. Right, right. And it really boils down to trust. Who do you trust? In whom do you trust? Not in what, not in what do you trust, but in whom do you trust? And, I, you know, um, it, it's been, that's one of the lessons of COVID just from a, let's, let's call it just a secular or a worldly perspective. I now know who, who I can trust in terms of individuals and who I probably can't trust, who I thought I could have trusted before. That's a hard lesson. Yeah. You know, and then the other thing is, is whether you are vaxxed or unvaxxed, the bottom line still is ultimately at the end of the day, because we're all going to die. 
we all have an expiration date. And that's just to think about it sucks, but we've right. all not, we've experienced this. I mean, we experienced a lot more of this, unfortunately. Um, the bottom line is, is even in that, all right, who will you trust? Will, will you trust your Lord and Savior to carry you through that valley? Mm-hmm. Or are you going to try to, you know, tackle it on your own? Good luck doing that. Good luck. The other thing too, and, and it was one of those situations in the hospital uh, where really that really struck me because in the hospital, I knew, hey, Carl, you might not get out of the hospital. That's certainly the way the doctor sees it. Um, and then just switching around your mentality to go, okay, well, I know I'm temporary and I've, I've done lots of stuff in my life that's <laughs> demonstrated how temporary things can be because uh, I've always been a bit of a risk taker. And, uh, and so you've, you've kind of walked along that edge of more than more times maybe than what you should. But, you know, all of a sudden, at least in the hospital, all of a sudden you've got that time to go, okay, now I have to focus on who is eternal. I have to focus on giving thanks and giving acknowledgement to him. And that's where you end up landing. And I think that that's, no, pardon me, I don't think, I know that that is something that we have to do regardless uh, of, of the situation around us, where we are, are willing to say, Lord, it's about you. You're the one who is gracious. You're the one who is merciful. You're the one who is trustworthy. and um, I will acknowledge that and I will now attempt to live it as much as possible. But even if I fail in living it, because we all do, I fail every day with that. Sure. Um, nevertheless, at the heart level, that's, that's where I rest. That's where I stay. Yeah. My friend Lisa tells me that for her, the big, the big lesson has been, it's just out of my control. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we, we can't control. We can only control so much. And it's, it's, it's a hard thing, but, you know, I mean, when you read research and like you have done for a long time, um, you know, people like Viktor Frankl and people like that, who've, who've spent a lot of time in concentration camps and stuff, they'll say the one thing you can control is what you think. Nobody else can control that. Um, Or what you meditate on, you know? Um, And and it's interesting because what COVID taught me is that you could see what most people think. I, I was I was doing an interview yesterday and, and the, the host said to me, um, why do you think so many people are buying into this, this idea that there's no gender and all this other stuff? And all I said to them was this, we're sheep. We've mm-hmm. gone astray. All like sheep have gone astray. There's so much power in that. Because when you realize that that's really who we are as sinful fallen beings, you know, it's like, bah, you know, if, yeah. this, if this is really what you're, you're listening to, and that's what part of what drives me crazy and part of my heart with what we do, because we're such a, a not, we're such an outlier in the whole Christian world is like trying to really get people to like pay attention to the word of God. <laughs> look over here, you know, and that's not, don't look over there. Cause that's not good for you on so many levels, mm-hmm. you know, yep. um, just the, the physical level, you know, where you, you can, you know, I, I learned something interesting and this will go off on a little tangent. I'll try not to make it go off too off, but you know, Eastern medicine is way different than Western medicine. You know, we do have energy. And we are bio, 
whatever, biochemical or whatever it is. Our brains are neuroplastic, you know, and when we and the world is constantly literally putting you into a constant fight or flight mode, whether or not you know it or not, that's what they're doing with the news in, in particular, yep. hearing yep. the crap out of you then of course you're going to be anxious. Of course you're going to be scared because that's what they're doing. They're programming you to be that way. Um, So when you can calm your system down, you know, I had somebody explain it this way. Our brain, it looks like your hand straight up with your thumb in the middle. This is like a child brain. It's excited. It's constant. It's agitated. But when you put the front to lobe over it and cover it, it calms it down, just like a mom would calm down, you know, the child. Um, when you can do that to yourself and help calm your body down, that actually calms down your whole body. And that's better for your whole body because then all the stress. So COVID has made everybody stressed out, but nobody, but they're not teaching you how to be calm on <laughs> purpose, right? And right. Who, who is it that that makes us calm though, right? Right. And from another takeaway for myself was the difference between the individual and the collective, Uh because now we were to be a collective, but that's not biblically even how we're fashioned or how we're framed. We're we're framed as individuals. And a lot of people really don't like even the idea of individualism. And they mistake it, unfortunately, I think, for what is really more selfism, because there's a difference. To be an individual is to recognize that you are created uniquely by God, because we are. Every personality is unique. And uh, uh, the selfless perspective is, is a different perspective than that altogether. But I know in the Christian community, a lot of times we're like, oh, individualism, individualism, we can't be individuals. No, no, we are individuals. And the only reason we have community is when individuals decide to come alongside and create community. But in this situation, it was all about collectivism. And so whereas the individual side was, was screaming for freedom, the collectivist side was, was screaming for compliance. And boy, do I, did I ever see how that, in terms of how people were thinking, how that separated out individuals versus the group really fast. Uh, and of course, in Canada, we had our Freedom Convoy, which was all about, as individuals, do not coerce me. Whereas the rest of the community was going, you need to comply and shut up, we will coerce you. Yeah. And I, we experienced that, co- that the, the coercive mindset in people who we fully anticipated would see through it all. But all of a sudden, they too were like, I, to the point where Leanne and myself were, were having conversations with people who we knew well or thought we knew well who were telling us, shut up, you know, don't, don't support freedom. Yeah. Like, what are you, what are you saying? Hello. So there's a lot of things I think we can take away from the last couple of years. And I think the, the, the scary thing is not the, not what governments can do. Governments will be what governments will be. Uh, and, and if there's any historical lesson of the last century, it is that the most destructive force on, on planet earth is government. Governments have killed more people in times of war and in times of peace than any other force in, in all of human, you know, in all of nature. My goodness. Um, right. So, you know, that should have been the lesson of the last century. 
when you speak of gulags and you speak of, I mean, even the concept of war, war doesn't happen when a group of farmers get together to sit around coffee and, and discuss, you know, going to battle against their next door neighbors. You know, wars don't happen when janitor associations talk about, hey, let's quit cleaning out the trash barrel and, and you know, pick up axes and pitchforks and go to war. No, no, war is the prerogative of government. And so when you see what governments can do, we should have had, you know, we should have learned that lesson, but we didn't. We didn't. And so we uh, all of a sudden, I'm off on a rabbit trail here, I'm sorry, but we all of a sudden very, very quickly said, yeah, governments, you you are our savior. Yeah, well, and I can tell you, <laughs> oh my gosh, that's one of my hot buttons when I hear Christians talk about, you know, socialism and, and how they're entitled to this, this, and this. I know of one person who I just wanted to uh, slap upside her her head because her and her husband could could she could have worked and decided not instead of taking money from the government and and it it, it and it's it's yeah anyway <laughs> I should be quiet because our time's about up everybody and we'll vent later about that topic but Carl I love you I love Leanne and uh, I wish I could hug you in person. Oh yeah, Stacy. Likewise, and you know, at some point, Lord willing, if all of a sudden your government, <laughs> your administration opens I didn't up vote the, for it. yeah, I know that <laughs> your government opens up the border, and apparently May 11th is the day that those of us who are unjuiced can can cross over without fear of getting our hands slapped. Um, if that happens, then we'll be looking at returning back to the U.S. and. Making those making those connections again and be oh, great to see, see you guys. You can always see awesome. us here in Tennessee. That'd be amazing. Have an extra room for you if you're if you can come. That'd be awesome. And That'd then we so can play cool. pickleball too. <laughs> I've never done that. I know, but Leanne has, right? <laughs> yep. So, all right, give everybody one one more thing, you know, where they can get you, and then we will sure. end this, this show. Awesome. All right. You can go to gameofgods.ca. That's my book's webpage and check out my book there, including reading, reading chapter excerpts and, and poke into a bit. So gameofgods.ca and then our, our, the archives for Forcing Change is forcingchange.org. And those are two locations where you can pull a, a lot of resources from. And of course, you can find me on Facebook or on Twitter. Oh, you can. Uh, what, what's, what's your Twitter name? Um, I think it's just Carl Tykerb. Okay. Yeah. All right. And that will be spelled. So if you don't know how to spell it, don't worry. I'll have it spelled out for you. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> Someday, Stacey, I wish my name was simple, like Smith or Jones or something, but. Harper. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I, I will tell you. Okay. Just this, this, this is an addendum. My last name is Harp, like the musical instrument. I get mail for heart. So people <sighs> still mess my name up, even though it's a simple name. So just saying. <laughs> and of course he is more than welcome and we will be having him back sooner than later uh in the future so i just want to remind you don't forget go over to his website gameofgods.ca as in canada gameofgods.ca and uh, don't forget also we have that bonus interview inside the app as well and if you're listening to us on Spotify or some other uh, podcast platform that's not within our Heart Tug International app, 
make sure that you go and you download the Heart Talk International app and you'll get the behind the scenes video with some other information uh, about this. And we have other exclusive interviews in, inside the app. So make sure that you check it out. And, um, and you can download our, our app too, the Heart Tug International app, um, and hear our Heart Tug moment.